Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Enneagram and Coffee. Well, it is finally happening. For a few of you that are listening to this right now, you're like, yes, she did it. She got my message and she is giving us an Enneagram episode. So a few people sent me a message and said they would love to learn more about Enneagram. And I listened and I have the most amazing guest on today to talk about it and I'm thrilled. So your contribution was felt. Thank you. And I hope you love it. And if you guys have suggestions, feel free to email us at info at thesoulfrequency.com. And if you don't yet know of the podcast or the IG account for Enneagram and Coffee, well, now you do. And Sarah Jane Case is the founder of these amazing hubs. She's on the show with me today um, so that we can learn all things Enneagram. She is a writer, a speaker, a course creator. She's based in Asheville, North Carolina which is a beautiful conscious community. And we dove into all things Enneagram. We talked about her book, The Honest Enneagram. I asked her if there was dishonest Enneagram. (laughs) Um, And she explains what honest means. And I think her book comes out next month. We talked about the roots of Enneagram, like where it all began. Um, Her own perspective, which is really unique and wonderful and positive. And the best way that she believes that you can discover your Enneagram number, if you're curious about that. And basically the foundational ways of getting to know ourselves through the Enneagram. We have this wonderful tool available to us to understand some of the shadow sides and some of the deeper work that we need to do as individuals. So with no further ado, Sarah Jane Case. Sarah Jane, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Well, I have to tell you that I had several people write in and say, we need to talk about the Enneagram. You've been doing the show for two years. I mean, they were like telling me like, look, lady, (laughs) you need to get this going. You need to talk about this. So I found your work and I was just, I love your energy. I love Mm. your kind of take and the way that you share um, this work. And so I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm thrilled to talk about your new book coming out and we'll get into all that in a second, but maybe you can just talk about, cause I know it hasn't been all that long since you've had uh, your podcast and your Instagram page. How did this all start for you? Yeah. So I was actually in the business coaching world. So I had come for marketing. I had uh, created a marketing agency with a friend of mine. And from there, I really found that I wanted to talk to people about them and how their relationship to relationship to themselves impacted their creative work in the world. So I really started that process. While I was in that business and I was running that, I discovered the Enneagram. 
And it just opened my world up, particularly as a coach, because I was able to work with people. I was able to skip like these first three months of working together where we're just getting to know them and their habits and their patterns. And we were able to jump right into, okay, here's the work that you've been doing in your life. Because the Enneagram oftentimes like opens us up to the things that we don't even know we need to be opened up to. And so it allowed me to do that. And and I fell absolutely in love with using it with clients. And I was kind of getting to the point where I was annoying all of my friends and family talking about it so much that someone was like, you really should just find an outlet. (laughs) 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 So um, my very best friend was like, you should, you should put this somewhere. And so I created the Instagram account and it went from zero to a hundred thousand in three days. And it became really clear that this is something that everybody was looking for and wanted um, a space for. Yeah. It's so awesome. And I think, you know, don't you think we all desire to know ourselves better and to kind of look through a lens and understand certain things about ourselves? And certainly is the nine types, you call them types, right? Yeah. Yeah nine types like can give us some ideas about ourselves. So for someone that's maybe never heard of this before, um, what is like, why was it created and what is the real intention between these nine types? Mm-hmm. So the way that I like to think about it is it's, it's our, it's the way we view the world. Uh, one of my favorite teachers says it's the water that we're already swimming in. It's kind of like we're in this fishbowl, we're swimming around, we assume everyone's in the same water and we don't realize that there's like nine different ways to swim. <laughs> and so we, we don't even realize like all of these ways in which we've built patterns of behavior and ways to see the world that are so unique and different. And, um, and the reason that this is important work is because really this water, you know, metaphor, the things we're swimming in, it's the stories we're telling ourselves about who we have to be in order to be loved, successful, welcome, worthwhile, um, accepted, you know, all of these things. And so a lot of the work of the Enneagram is coming to, I am good just as I am. I don't have to do all this stuff. I don't have to be all these things. And, and so it's really quite frankly, it's shadow work. It's really going into what are these repeated groups that I keep falling into that I don't want to look at. And what's the, like, is the idea, like, let's say you come up with your type is the idea that you are the healthiest version of your type, like that you, that there's a healthy reflection or um, maybe, I don't know, a not so healthy reflection of each type. So there are definitely levels of health. So it's, it can range from like low level of health to average to low to average all the way up to high. And then like a holy idea of what your number is. Um, but really it's about accepting the fact that like, you don't have to be this. And so, you know, for, for me, let's say my type is type seven or the enthusiast, we think we have to be, get our needs met in order to be okay. And And my work in the world is being okay with not getting all of my needs met all the time and really being willing to say, you know what, I'm okay. I'll be okay if I don't get my needs met. And that is on the range of health, right? Like my holy idea is gratitude, appreciation, um, and really being willing to be grateful for just what is the here and now. Um, We have innate access to our holy idea, but sometimes our patterns of behavior can distract from that. 
and can kind of make it a tainted, like a, I don't know, I want to say tainted, but just kind of muddier version of it. Oh, I love that. And is the concept that we are born into a type or that life experiences like create our type? So there's kind of conflicting opinions, just, you know, nature, nurture, it can be, there's opinions about this. The two, I really like the idea that we're born our type because it takes a lot of pressure off me as a parent. (laughs) (laughs) We're not making you into your number. Um, But there's also this whole theory called the soul child, which is that we are in our inner being, the number that we move to. So in Enneagram, you move to different numbers and stress and rest. And it's this idea that you're the number that you move to when you're in rest. Um, And that's something along the way you picked up the idea that you couldn't be that. It wasn't okay to be that. And so you developed your type pattern as a way to protect that little kid in you. And I like that as well. Ooh. Okay. So say more. So there's numbers that you move to. Give us an example, like of a number and then what do they move to? And was it rest and stress? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll talk for, I'll talk for myself. So type seven, we move to type one when we're stressed out, which type one's the perfectionist, the reformer. And so I know I'm I'm like a good indicator that I need self-care is that I go into black and white thinking. I get really critical, really right and wrong, which isn't my natural state, but it comes up really strong. And I can almost hear it in my voice when it happens now. And um, it's an indicator like, oh, you need a little bit of self-care. And um, there's also this rigidness or consistency that the ones have where they show up the same way every day. They're really attention to detail oriented. And if I, as a seven, try to live out of that one space, it doesn't, it's a pretty stressful place for me to be. And then we move down to type five in rest. Type five is the investigator. They're like very introspective, internal. They're very research oriented. They're very comfortable with boundaries. They're not, they really rely on themselves. They don't rely on other people. They're really conservative with their resources. So it's actually a really good sign for me as a seven if I'm spending a lot more time alone, if I'm going really deep into one topic instead of spreading myself really thin across multiple topics, and um, and if I can be, be my own source and really not overspread myself too thin. Oh, I like that. Really cool. So what, like, in just maybe your personal journey, what has been some of the biggest things that have been helpful since you found your type? Like even before you were helping other people, I'm sure you found this and found your type. What are some of the things that you were like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, so for for me, it was really a lot of my type looks really good on paper. It's like self-sufficient, you know, you're charming, you're happy all the time, you like you're a great leader, you pick up on things really quickly. And so all of these things that I was doing that weren't serving me all the time in my life, I thought were great things, right? Like I'm a positive thinker. What I found out through the Enneagram, through this work really is that that positivity comes at a price of dealing with my stuff, you know, really going deep into the darkness, which is just as important. Um, And actually, you know, to get to the richness, you have to kind of go through all of that. So um, I was missing out on a lot of the, the depth and richness of life by trying to gloss over the negatives and not really honoring my own pain and experience because I was scared of it. The other thing that I learned was just that I spread myself 
wide instead of going deep. And so it allowed me to really recognize the pattern to just keep adding things on because it was just like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to experience that. I want to add that on. I don't want to miss out on anything in life. And in this, this thing that, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. Okay. So back when I was young, younger, um, it was 2010 or 2009. I was backpacking Europe and I remember standing in front of the Eiffel Tower and I looked at the Eiffel Tower for maybe a millisecond. And then I looked over to my travel partner and I said, I can't wait to go on our next trip. And that is like a prime seven moment of just not being able to look at the freaking Eiffel Tower and be like, I'm at the Eiffel Tower. Like, look where I am. I'm here. I was already in my next good experience. And, And the Enneagram really has helped me to recognize like, hey, what if you're just here? What if you just are where you are and you appreciate the simplicity of this moment And there's so much more joy, so much more honest joy available here and now than there is in this like projected idea of what will be good in the future. Oh, I love that. It's such a great story. I mean, I think a lot of people have those experiences. I mean, because life can move so quick too, where it's like, great, I did this. Okay, next, right? Right. Wait a second, breathe, right? And be moment. So that is a, that is an awesome story. And I think, you know, we don't always see the way we are, right. Mm -hmm. And the way we live. And so certainly helping, like having reflections of that, like, oh, here's these things that, you know, are challenges for you, or here are these things that can help you live like a more peaceful life or a happier life or feel more authentic, are certainly helpful because I think we get busy sometimes in life and we're just doing our type, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think that sometimes we don't even know that they're not serving us. Like um, I was backpacking Europe and then I was about to go on a road trip around the country and like, isn't that what living is? And I don't realize like, oh, underneath that is this undercurrent of anxiety that I am deeply trying to avoid. And if I could just look at the anxiety, I wouldn't have to do all this stuff to be happy. Right. And I think other, other, to speak for other types, you know, we think like type two is the helper. They earn love through service. And so it can look really good to be selfless and giving. And, and we don't always recognize that like that comes with attachments that comes with expectation, unmet needs. And it doesn't always a clean ask, you know, you're kind of giving in order to receive. And so it's really opening our eyes to hey, the way that you're orienting, it has some underneath, there's an underground there that we want to look at and clear away. Yeah. Are there different types like that tend like in relationship to gravitate towards different types? Or is there anything about how these types connect with each other? Um, Yeah. So, well, we have ways that we connect to all the numbers or in a lot of the numbers as our type. So the Enneagram symbol is a circle. And it has the nine numbers all around the circle. And you, so you have two numbers on either side of you. Both of those numbers are your wings, which just means that they, you have some of their nature naturally, you have access to that. So um, you might pull in some of their, their traits or skill sets. And then you have those number, those two numbers that you move to and stress and in rest. So you, you are innately connected to a lot of the numbers, but then when it comes to relationships and like what we're drawn to, 
you might find that you are really drawn to the person, the type that you go to and rest, right? Because that can be a really relaxing space. But you also might find that there's this whole other element of the Enneagram called subtypes. It's the three like instinctual variants that each of our type have. It's like what we need to survive. We all have all three of them. It's social, self-preservation, and sexual. And, but one of them typically rises as a dominant. It's like, whatever, you know, do we need intimate connections? Do I feel like intimate connections, what I need to survive? Do I feel like it matters more where I am in the social order? Or do I want to get like my basic needs met? And so they say that you typically are more drawn to the people who have the same subtype as you because you're looking for the same thing that you need to survive. And how do you find out your, well, first, before we even go to that, how do yeah. people find out for those that don't know, like what their type is? Yes. Yeah, so there are tests online. I'm not the biggest advocate for the tests. Um, just because a lot of times people get their number and they think like, oh, this is my number. And then they move on and they don't really grasp why it matters or they might get mistyped. It's very easy to mistype. So um, I recommend reading through the numbers, grab a book, go to enneagraminstitute.com, read through the types, and just see which one's motivations and basic fears resonate the most with you. I love that. And so your subtype, how do you find your subtype? Um, okay, so my, the, well, there's a simple way. The first one, the, the simple way is to recognize, are you really drawn to intense connections and one-to-one -one engagement, then you might be a sexual subtype. If you really are aware of how you're being perceived in the social order, where do you can, where are you in the, your social network is really high priority for you. You might be a social subtype. If you're really focused on getting your needs met, you want to always make sure you have snacks, you're worried about save your safety, if your family of origin, if those things are high priority for you, you might be self-pres. Um, I also really love the book, The Complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut, and she breaks down all 27 subtypes individually in really beautiful detail. So um, that's how I found my subtype was reading her book. It was like the most known I've ever felt. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I've never heard of the subtypes. I don't know a ton about the Enneagram, so this is exciting for me. This is so I'm, fun. Yeah, it's because I'm get, getting all of this good, juicy information. Um, but what is, what happens um, if you feel like you, let's say you're reading the different types and you feel connected to like two different things, feel like they're really resonating for you, two different types. What would you say in that instance? Um, yes. Yeah, so one, you're normal. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, really, I would say, look to see if they're connected. So um, if you, you know, if you feel like a type seven and a type one, could it be because one of those is your stress number? One of those is your rest number. And can you kind of pinpoint what that might look like? Um, so see if, you know, is it a wing that you might have, or is it a line that you might have? So that's step one, see if they're connected, see if you can decipher that way. The other thing is to really focus on the motivations, not the behaviors. So a lot of the content you're going to find online, a lot of the things you're going to read, they might talk about the behavior patterns. But you really want to focus on the motivations because the Enneagram, right, is your character structure. It's like why you're, why you're doing the things you're doing, not what you're doing. So you really want to focus on the why of it and, and really let yourself be committed to that part of the puzzle. 
And then again, subtypes are a big thing. So subtypes add flavor and range. And so if you still get, you, you know, you look at where they're connected, you think about the motivation and you're still conflicted, I would read the subtypes of the numbers that you are connected to. Oh yeah, that's great advice. So I want to talk about your book, which is coming out April 14th called The Honest Enneagram, Know Your Type, Own Your Challenges, Embrace Your Growth. Yes. So good. Um, can I just ask why the honest Enneagram? Are there not honest Enneagrams? Oh, good question. So the honest Enneagram is named after what I developed, which is the honest method, which is just kind of this practical on the ground way to work with your number. Um, so I break down each Enneagram type in, in description. So we go over what's your subtypes, your wings, what's this type's behavior patterns. But then I run each one through the honest method, which is, you know, honor your strengths, open your eyes to your blind spots, note your motivators, explore your relationships, soften your path out of your behavior patterns, and turn that into something beautiful. So we walk through all of those elements in detail for every number. Ah, oh, so good. So what is it? Go through these honest steps again, and maybe can you take me through it for your number? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so honor your strengths. So for me as a type seven, I would look at, I want to create like a safety zone, right? Like what I, a place where I can land that's full of self-compassion, full of self-appreciation and really just creating a space where it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're good. Like you're doing okay. Um, so for the seven, the strengths are that we're really quick learners. We are easy to, we adaptable. Um, we're quick on our feet. We're usually multi-talented, multi-faceted, and we're really good at multitasking. We can kind of juggle a lot of things at one time. So holding that as my basis of, of my strengths and then owning my blind spots. So what are the areas that maybe I haven't been looking at and need a little bit of attention? So for type seven, that is we do not like commitment. <laughs> we can really struggle with that. We don't like limitations of any kind. And so that can really keep us actually end up limiting us because we we spread ourselves wide instead of spreading ourselves deep so that can keep us really small and um and then we the other things we can kind of be a little bit um I'm trying to think of the word for not following, like we just don't follow through with things that we want to do. So sometimes we have like a lot of ideas, you start and then you don't complete. So really owning the fact that like, okay, these are some things that are going to come up for me. Um, and then we go into the motivators. So what's going to keep you engaged in your life going forward? If you want to do self-work, what's going to demotivate you and what's going to heighten your motivation? So for the seven, freedom and flexibility and options are just the be all end all and life satisfaction. Like we just want to feel good in our life. And so when have I, as a type seven, using my blind spots overcommitted to saying yes to everything that feels good and then actually created an environment where I have demotivated myself because my freedom has been completely stripped away because I've overscheduled, overcommitted, overdone. So that's, that's how we kind of note our motivators and work with those. And then we explore relationships. So what is it that I bring to relationships that are beautiful and amazing? Like um, sevens bring 
people amazing experiences. We want everyone to do everything. So, you know, I've, you, I will say like, if you've dated me, you will have traveled the world. Like there's no chance you won't (laughs) go on a big trip with me. Um, so I give people these amazing experiences. I also call people into themselves. Sevens love when people are exactly who they are. We really call people into being honest with who they are. And then the blind spots here though, is that sevens move on from relationships very quickly. Um, So sometimes people can feel like you kind of came into their life, you showered them with love and then you left. And that can cause a lot of wounding. So really learning how to exit and enter relationships ethically is a big, a lot of work for a seven. The other thing is that sevens really don't like to be tied down. And so how do you accept that all relationships come with good and all relationships come with bad and be comfortable with that and committed to that? And then the soften your path out of growth. So what this can look like is really just is how can we make these steps small? Like what are some small tangible things you can do to move to move through some of this stuff? So for sevens, I say, you know, be present, work on presence. So how can you create a presence practice? For me, that's sitting in a moment and looking around and saying, what's something beautiful I see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. And that allows me to see the good in this moment. And so that would be an example of something that could be in that section. And then turn that into something beautiful is just all about how we're innately creative. All of us are creative. All of us are allowed to be creative and meant to be creative in whatever way works for us. So how do we get more creative in our lives? So for the type seven, the way that we, one of the ways in which I would say type sevens can work with getting more of their creative energy into the world is allowing them, setting deadlines for how long they'll commit to something. So as a seven, I have to say, okay, I will commit to this project for three months and I will not entertain the idea of giving it up for that amount of time. And then at the end of that three months, then I can reevaluate if I want to do another three months. The reason this works for my brain is because I do not like, un, I don't like commit to something without an end point because I feel trapped. And so I'm really likely to quit too early. And it, the other side of that is that when we experience discomfort or pain or a negative experience, we can think this is what it's always going to be. And so I need to get out now. The deadline really lets you stick through and realize like, oh, there's a, there's joy on the other end of this pain. And there, it'll be fine if I just stick it through. I can see, I can come to this and reevaluate from a neutral space instead of when the feelings are high or low. Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. And what is it that had you write this book, right? Like what was the, the message that you wanted to share? Was it the on the way to go through honest, um, in, in through the lens of your Enneagram? Like what was, yeah. What was the motivating factor? Um, honestly, the, the core truth is that I wanted to write an Enneagram book that felt friendly. Uh Um, because a lot of the Enneagram work has language that I would never use with another person, like shaming language, um, language that is rooted in like, you are not innately good. And I wanted to write a book that was like, yeah, you have some stuff to work on. And also you're okay. Like you're going to be fine. Um, we're going to work on this together. Here's some tips and tricks. And also you're not alone. It's totally normal. And you're overall, you're probably doing a pretty good job. The fact that you're here reading this means you care. And I want to give people that benefit of the doubt instead of 
what can sometimes happen when we enter into Enneagram work or shadow work at all is kind of a self-abandonment um, and the realization that you are not innately perfect <laughs> and um, that you have things to even work on. So I really wanted there to be a safe, open, friendly space for people to do this work. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Sometimes it's like, you know, to move forward and to continue to grow through something, you can't just get stuck in like this concept of like, it's all bad or, you know, I mean, I know Mm -hmm. for some people when they first see some of the shadow stuff, it just feels awful. Right. Or it feels like that's all there is. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, oh, I haven't looked over here forever or ever in my life. (laughs) And now I'm looking over here and that's all of who I am. Right. Like this is, this is all there is. And, And that can also be like, not helpful, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if we really just get stuck in that and we don't see the balance of it. So I love that intention. Do you feel like it was, um, it's purposely written that way by other people? Or do you feel like it's just not making room for, it's only focusing on that shadow stuff and it's not making room for the other? I think a lot for a lot of years, it was really focused on the shadow side of things. You can see a lot of like my favorite teachers, they don't teach it like that. It's just a lot of the books have been written from that perspective. So now a lot of like, I really love the narrative tradition, which is one of the schools of the Enneagram and they always honor the strengths in the work that they do. But so many ways that the Enneagram has been written about have come from, let's just really focus on the shadow. And I, and I think, I think, you know, my best guess on why is that they don't think the positive needs to be worked on. So why are we talking about it? Um, And I think it's probably my seven nature that is like, yeah, but we have to create a safe basis of positivity to motivate people to even go into the darkness. Definitely. You need to hang on to the positive too, while you're dipping, you know, (laughs) dipping in those other places. I think that's actually beneficial to keep moving through it. Right. Cause if it feels Mm -hmm. too dark, we kind of feel like I I can't do that. Like I'm just going to run from that. I'm not even going to look over there. Um, I love that. I think it's wonderful. And I think what happens, um, well, I guess in your practice, when you started using this, what did you see that was beneficial, like across the board, no matter what someone's type was, what were some of the things that you started seeing in your practice versus before you started using this tool? I know you mentioned it cut down time because you could really get in and know, you know, the core of somebody really quickly, but what results in their life happened from it? Yeah, I think I'm particularly passionate about releasing shame and trying to do things the way everyone else is doing them. So I, at the time I've worked primarily with entrepreneurs, people who go to these like large business conferences, they get this very confident, very direct advice about this is how you run a business. This is how you do it. And then they go home, they try to implement all of it, which a lot of it is contradicting. And then they can't implement any of it. And they just feel so worthless and full of shame and like there's something wrong with them, not the method. And so I'm really passionate about like, how can you use the Enneagram to understand your, what's going to motivate you, what's going to demotivate you, what you actually need to work on and need support in, because you don't need support in everything. You might just need support in a couple of things. And so if you go you know, minimizing your strengths because you're trying to look like someone else's business, you're actually going to cut your business out from under itself. Um, And so really letting people own their presence in the world and own the 
the unique imprint that they're here to make and do so in a way that is easeful and shameless and comfortable and safe and open. Mm, I love that. It's so true. I mean, you can't, it, it's a little bit like, I feel like, oh, when people go and, and you see somebody present something so well, and it's like, you have to do all of these things. And, you know, they probably didn't do all of these things all at right. once. And right. they've been in business forever. And they have a team of, you know, 15 people working mm-hmm. for them. And the person's a solo, you know, preneur new. And then, and then if it doesn't all come together, you know, or it's not working or we can't figure it out, you know, then it's like, oh, I feel bad. It's like, no. And I also believe that that building something that is authentic for you is so important. Like mm-hmm. that it has the reflection of you in it and that it feels something it feels like the right path for you, not just putting on somebody else's path, but saying like this is what feels authentic for me and therefore I can wake up every day and do it and feel good about it. So yeah. I love that. So And you important. know why you're doing it too, I think. Like sometimes we just like show up and we don't really understand why we're showing up the way we do. We're just doing it because someone said that's the best way. And when we really orient our businesses and our lives from like, what, who am I? What do I want? What's my vision? Then we're able to really show up every day consistently because we know why we're doing it in the first place. It's so true. It's so true. So, um, you guys, if you are one of the only people on the planet that hasn't heard Sarah Jane's podcast or follow her on Instagram, go to Enneagram and Coffee and check out her work. Also, the book is coming out April 14th, The Honest Enneagram, Know Your Type, Own Your Challenges, Embrace Your Growth. And where else can people find you? I mean, you kind of nailed that. Um, so <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, yeah, so that's all my Enneagram work. Enneagramandcoffee.com is our website. And if you want to know me and kind of the inner workings of my life, um, I share very vulnerably and openly on at Sarah Jane Case on Instagram as well. Awesome. I love it. So we're going to ask you the four questions now. Just buckle in um, and get ready for the four questions. It's just an opportunity to, you know, be authentic and share where you're at in your journey and things that might be coming up for you personally. Um, It's based on a process I take people through called the anatomy of transformation. And the first pillar in the process is truth. And I believe that when we discover big truths that feel meaningful for us, that they are a catalyst in our life. And so what is a big truth that you maybe have come across in your journey recently? Mm, That's good. Um, The big truth for me is oh, that nothing is that serious and it's all okay. Like every moment doesn't have to be taken so seriously. Some of them are just things that will pass by. Mm, I love that. And the second pillar is release, which is whether we're releasing a limiting belief, a certain mindset about something, a way of being in the world, even people from our lives or situations, what was it that kind of got released for you when you realized it doesn't need to be that serious? Mm. Um, so in that is kind of the releasing the desire to make every moment meaningful and to give every moment honor. So, and because that wasn't the reason that that didn't work is just because it ultimately meant I had, like I was holding on to control And so I guess the ultimate release there is the control over how each moment looks and feels. 
It's so incredibly powerful. And what has changed? The third pillar is about experience. Like what has changed in your life when you release that control? Like in your daily life with your family, your friends, your business, what's changed? Everyone's allowed to be more human. No one's... Like, I'm not holding anyone to any, like, weird standards, um, including myself. And I I don't feel so scared of if things work out or don't work out. Um, because it, if, if it, it ultimately, over the accumulation of our life, there's so much time and space that everything works out in the end, you know? And, and each moment used to feel so urgent and it really lets each moment just be good. I can just be present with what is and not feel like it all has to be perfect and good and great. Mm, It is good because it is. Right. I love that. I love that. That's so powerful. The fourth is about align, which is as we start to experience life in a new way and we've released something, it shifts our frequency. It shifts the reality that we're living in. And align is really about how do we stay in that higher frequency? How do we stay connected to what feels really good inside of us? And so whether that's ritual or things that we do or ways that we think, what is it for you that kind of keeps you in that alignment? Mm-hmm. So I do this thing every morning called a 10 good, good things list. And it's just right before I start my work day, I write down 10 things that are good, 10 things that feel good. Sometimes it's like um, meditation and um, connection to the divine. Sometimes it's moisturizer and feeling hydrated and coffee, you know, (laughs) whatever comes to mind that is good because I, I used to try and do gratitude lists and it was just way too serious and like stuffy and had a lot, I had a lot of shame in it, like a lot of expectation for like, I should be more grateful, but 10 good things. I can just think of 10 good things every day. And it just shows me how much abundance is in my life every single morning. I really like that. I think, I think other people, I don't think a lot of people talk about that, but I think other people feel that like, like you sit down to write what what you're grateful for and you feel like, oh, I I should put this down. Like I should be grateful for this. Right. It's like some sort of like pressure, like, well, if I don't write this, then it means I'm not grateful for it. (laughs) And then I'm a bad person. And, and so I love Uh, that, you know, what I'm hearing in a lot of what you're sharing, like maybe at this juncture in your life is a lot of freedom like to be and a lot of freedom to let the people around you be. And I think that, you know, we don't always feel that way. And, you know, when we begin something in life, it's, it's something I think more freedom happens if we have that intention around that as time goes on. And as we learn to let go and, you know, and trust in the divine, you know, trust in timing, trust in all of those things, um, instead of holding on really tight. I know that's true for me as well. And so, um, I just think that's a really beautiful way of just writing a list. Like you're like moisturizer today, like yeah. moisturizer and coffee. And that uh-huh. is making me happy. Right. And we, and it feels, I feel like I could see you laughing too. Like while you're writing <laughs> these things, like, yeah, today's moisturizer and coffee. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think that's a tool that some people will adopt, um, who listen to the show and go, yeah, that feels a little bit better. Good. good. Um, I do want to say that the freedom thing, like, I think that I used to think freedom meant doing whatever I want, whatever I want. And what I've learned is that freedom is being okay with what is. Yes. And um, that that's actual freedom. And that is like my life's work is learning that and absorbing that and living that. And 
Um, so I appreciate you describing what I described as freedom because that's really an important reuse of that language. I love that. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us and for sharing your new book, The Honest Enneagram. Um, I think it's going to help so many people and I love your intention for writing it. I think it's really beautiful. So thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Thank you.